The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! Yeah. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Hope you are having a great, great, great morning. It is Monday, the first day of the month. They remember what you do in November, and for Tennessee, they have an opportunity to create some memories for the 2021-2022 season. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, Ben is live there from the Low T Center studio. I am right here in the beautiful showroom of Betty Chevrolet off Parkside Drive. Ben, how was your weekend? A nice weekend, kind of off from Tennessee football. It's never really uh, a dull moment. Always something going on as the coaches hit the recruiting trail. But how was your weekend? My weekend was good. It was it was very good. A, a much needed weekend in West Tennessee. How was the how was the game, man? How was how was the game? How was the trip? How was everything? The drive. You went to um, the town. Went to Memphis. Got a chance to hit the Grizzlies game. Uh, you covered the baseball game, man. You were still busy, even though you took a took a nice trip, man. How was that? It was nice. It, it was really nice. Got to see a lot of people. Uh, I mentioned last week on the show that my best friend had his first child, so I got to stop in good old Columbia, Tennessee, and check in on, on he and Miss Evelyn, the, the new baby. Uh, Ace obviously letting his thoughts be, be known this morning. Shout out to Ace. That's uh, all good. We, Barely can we, hear him. We just need to put a, a mic in his in his little spot, obviously. But uh, that that was nice, and then made my way over to good old Munford, Tennessee, to, to see my grandma hadn't been there in a in a hot minute and it, it was good to see her and I, I've got a lot of love for for West Tennessee a lot of nostalgia going back because that's where I spent my summers growing up as an army brat you don't have one home you have you have many homes but the mm-hmm. one constant is always your, your grandparents' houses uh, my, my dad's side and my mom's side so it was it was nice to to be back for the first time in, in quite some time and spend time with her and uh, the baseball game was was really fun. Really great crowd there in Millington, Tennessee, at the USA Stadium. Uh, saw nine hundred one Vol, saw DR Vol, uh, saw West Tennessee Vol, saw a, a lot of listeners. So that that was really neat. And um, Tennessee baseball played well. And it, I tweeted this out. It was it was really cool to see how gracious the baseball program was with their time and uh, a whole lot of kids and and. Grown-ups, too, uh, wanting autographs and, and photos, and there wasn't a, a player or a coach that, that turned one down, so that was cool to see. And um, Got some good old barbecue this this weekend. Um, saw the Grizzlies. They, they lost. The, the Heat are winning, winning it all. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> the, the, the Heat, they, they, they've got all the pieces. If, if they stay healthy, I'm, I'm calling it now. I know we're just two weeks into the NBA season. November 1st. I'm, I'm calling it now. They're, they are winning 
the NBA Finals. You, you heard it here first. They were unstoppable, could not miss. I, I don't know the exact number of what they finished, but they shot over 60% from three. I mean, they, they could not miss from three, so I picked the wrong Grizzlies game to go to, but uh, it, it was nice. Uh, the, the Civil Rights Museum got to do that, and whew, that, that, that stirred up a, a lot of emotions, and I, I would encourage anybody, if you get the chance, you need to go to the National Civil Rights Museum. It, it's emotional. It, it should stir up some emotions. I think, I think you need to reevaluate yourself if, if, if it doesn't stir up some type of emotion. But it's, it's, it's something that I, I feel like everybody should be required to go experience uh, because it's, it's a, a needed reminder of, of where our country was not, not that long ago. Uh, and it, it does provide some hope, but also uh, is full with, with sadness, at, at least it was for, for me. So that, that was really, really, really neat. The, the National Civil Rights Museum, they, they, have, they have put on a, a, a great exhibit and a great history lesson, and it, that was just awesome. That, that really sat with me throughout the weekend. But yeah, I, had a, I had a good weekend. My bad Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. won a football game over – uh, a good football team, so I, I don't know what makes that what that makes the Steelers at this point going into our Monday night football game uh, next week with the Bears or this upcoming Ugh. week. Um, but I, I had a great weekend. I had a really great weekend. I appreciate you asking. Uh, I hope you had a great weekend. I I saw the kiddos got all dressed up, so that that was really neat. They looked they looked great. Yeah, we we went we um well we didn't do much trick or treating. Um, but we got them dressed up yesterday as I f- filled in for Austin Price on The Nation uh, there at Texas Row House. So it was Chris Lowe and myself. And uh, Hendon Hooker was a guest. Also, uh, ESPN's Greg McElroy was a gr- guest. And, um, you know, it was it was a good time. And, you know, Hendon, you know, Hendon was Hendon, you know, answering questions. Um, you know, the way that a quarterback would answer questions, not saying too much. You know, not giving away too much. We saw that on, on Tennessee Prime, which was a more laid-back environment. Um, but this was – he was buttoned up for sure on this interview. So he didn't really say say much um, that uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't said already. Uh, but for Greg McElroy being on, on the program, you know, I asked him. I asked him. When Tennessee played Alabama and Tennessee was making plays against Alabama – was it Tennessee making those plays, or was it Alabama making mistakes? Was it was it Tennessee being semi semi lucky? And um, you know, I, I asked that because the broadcast came across like that. The broadcast last week uh, when McElroy was on the call, it came across like that. Every time Tennessee made a play, it was because of an Alabama mistake, and they messed up, not because we just, you know, made a good play. And in that moment of calling a calling the game, I can understand how he's not really able to elaborate on what he meant. So I asked him that question yesterday on The Nation, and he went into detail. He talked about um, Alabama having, you know, seven to eight busts a game on defense, and Tennessee, because of their tempo, because of, of, of how they do things on offense, forces you to make those mistakes from a alignment standpoint. And he gave the credit to Tennessee. He also said that going into the season – they thought Tennessee was just going to be really, really bad. And listen, guys, we we thought the same thing. I think everyone thought the same thing. When you look at uh, the situation that Tennessee was in with the brand-new coach, transfer portal, culture super, super negative and, and uh, toxic, we, we, we thought Tennessee would be bad too. We didn't think Tennessee would be in the position that they're in right now where many, many of the national guys – and announcers, the announcers, Musburger on CBS looked at Tennessee for Georgia being Tennessee, Georgia, sorry, toughest game left, and how Tennessee presents some problems for Georgia. And we're talking about the number one team in the country right now and how Tennessee presents some problems for them. No one would have thought that sitting here beginning of November that Tennessee would be talked about like that. And Tennessee has a chance right now to beat 
a top 15 team in Kentucky. And Ben, I know you've been super busy over the weekend, getting a lot of stuff done, uh, making some trips. But that Kentucky Mississippi State game, oh boy! Oh, I, I look, I, I was busy this weekend, but last night when I got home, I, I, I did two things. I, I sat down and watched the Tennessee basketball exhibition, and, and that was, that was fun to watch. Your, your boy Urosh making some plays. You see, you see him with the steal. You see him yeah, with, yeah. with the, in transition with the twice. Yeah, he, he had the dunk. He had the little you finger roll. You see, oh, I can't wait to talk about basketball. Uh, go ahead, I, go I ahead. But I, but I watched that, and then I went through and watched the Kentucky and, and Mississippi State game, and there, there is an opportunity for more than an opportunity uh, for Tennessee to, to win this, this football game. Uh, I, I do think they, they need to get healthy. Hopefully that was accomplished over the bye week because you're, you're going to need Cade Mays and Cooper Mays, and – it would look like Cooper is going to play in this game since he played the entirety of, of the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you need 75 at left guard, and you need 68 at right tackle. So you, 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 need, you need to get healthy. And if you can be, especially in, in the trenches, get Elijah Simmons back, and, and you hold your weight in that area of the ballgame, Swain, Tennessee will win this football game. Uh, if if they can match Kentucky's physicality, which I, I think that they will, assuming that they are are healthy, they'll win this football game because Kentucky has has issues. That that doesn't mean that they're a, a bad football team. I'm still sticking to my guns. I, I still think Kentucky is a a good football team. Um, how good that that's a separate conversation. But I think at the end of the day, they're still a a, a pretty solid to good football team. I mean, that that's their their first bad loss of the season out, mm-hmm. outside of the, the Georgia game. So let, let's not let one Saturday cloud our judgment. Uh, the, the Jets beat the, the Titans. That, that doesn't mean that the Jets are better than the Titans. But this game is, is more than, than winnable, uh, more, more than winnable. And I wanted to get to this stat uh, that my friend SEC StatCat tweeted out uh, yesterday that since Kentucky barely beat UTC – Kentucky is zero for ten with two interceptions on deep balls attempted. So I, I don't, I can't remember which week that UTC game was for Kentucky off the top of my head. It's been several games ago, and and since then on deep balls, Kentucky is zero for ten with two interceptions. And here, here's an even more eye popping stat in terms of trying to pass the ball down the field, Swain, on passes ten or more yards downfield just 10 or more yards just 10 12 for 33 three touchdowns five interceptions and as sec stat cap puts it a lousy 6.4 yards per attempt so this is a very one-dimensional offense and if if tennessee's defensive front can match kentucky's physicality which i think that they will under rodney garner tennessee should be fine in this football game that Kentucky game was the third game of the season. They opened with uh, Louisiana Monroe, and then they beat Missouri in the second game. Uh, and then the third game is where they barely beat UTC 28-23. to So how about that? Take that for data. Take that for data. Ben? Which, which, which quarterback is, is better? I mean, is it Terry Wilson Jr. or is it Will Levis? Because I, I don't really know right now. I really, I yeah, really don't that, know. That that's a that's a great question. It, it's been weird to to watch Will Levis start the season off really well and decline the the rest of the way. It, it's been really strange because you would think that he would get better because of Liam Cohen, the former Rams offensive assistant that Mark Stoops brought in this offseason to be Kentucky's new offensive coordinator. I, I believe he was working with the, the Rams quarterbacks. He was like the assistant mm-hmm. quarterback coach or, or maybe the quarterback coach there for the Rams. And you would think that Will Levis would, would, would get better week to week, but he's gotten worse week to week. And it's not for 
a lack of, of weapons. I mean, Kentucky doesn't have a, a huge arsenal, but I feel like Quandell Robinson's a, a pretty good one to have if, if you're going to have just just one weapon and, and to, to work off of uh, their running game. You, you would think things would be uh, available uh, in the play-action game and, and open up things for the passing game, but it, it hasn't. Ben, there's a couple things that, that worked for Mississippi State over the weekend. Um, number one, there's no order of importance. I'm just throwing it out. Um, the game was played the end of October. We have, we have seen Kentucky for multiple weeks. You can't fool anybody at this point of the season. You are who you are. So, the Mississippi State coaching staff, they get paid too. They have 24 hours in a day just like everyone else. And they did a good job of scheming Kentucky up and identifying their weaknesses and exposing their weakness. So, when you play, you know, seven games, and you have seven games to watch an opponent for an entire week, you're going to pick up some things that's going to help you. And it's not – much that you don't already know about that team after seven games. So I think that played in Mississippi State favor. I think Kentucky being almost seems like one-dimensional. I mean, they run the football well, but besides Waddell Robinson, they just don't have that passing attack that scares you. And Will Levis, his confidence is shaking right now. I mean, everything that could have went wrong in that football game did. I mean – he had a great play made by a defensive tackle, sinking back and tipping a ball up and being intercepted. He, so even when he you know, was about to make a good read, the ball was tipped up and there's really no fault of his own. And then when he made, you know, when he tried to make a play with the pocket being clean and the ball wasn't tipped up, the DBs from Mississippi State made great plays on the football. So his confidence is shaking right now. Now, I do not expect, I do not expect Kentucky to beat themselves and play as bad as they did on offense at home this weekend. That was one of those games where, like, everything just went wrong. So I don't, I don't anticipate that to be that bad. But I do anticipate Tennessee giving Will Levis some, some trouble because deep balls, like you just illustrated with your stats, that's something that they're not good at. Tennessee, heading into the bye week, was number one in the country at tackles for a loss. And that's not just passing plays. That is getting in, in the backfield of the opponent r- running the football. So I feel like that's going to continue to happen, and it's going to put Kentucky in some binds. The, the last thing that worked in Mississippi State's favor is just the matchup. The matchup. It doesn't, sometimes a team is better than, than you leading up to the matchup, leading up to the game. But what you do well versus what they do well, it's just a bad matchup, and it's in your favor. Remember all the good Rick Barnes basketball teams? Mm-hmm. And we would run into a team like Auburn who would score a lot of points and throw up a lot of threes. We were like, eh, the matchup is just not in our favor. Just not in our favor. Now, they were a bad basketball team too, but the matchups – also play a part in, you know, a game between two teams. This is why there's people that's talking about the Georgia-Tennessee game and saying, hey, man, man, Tennessee pres- presents some problems for Georgia. Why? Is it because Georgia's a better football team? No, excuse me. Is it because Tennessee's a better football team? No, it's because Georgia is not that great at scoring the football. And Tennessee is good at that. It is good at that. So that's where the matchup problem is there for, for Georgia. Not saying Georgia's going to lose. Not saying Tennessee's going to win. Georgia certainly has more talent. It's a better football team. But the matchups give Tennessee a little bit of a chance and can scare Georgia a little bit. This is what the guys like Brent Musburger and, and, and Greg McElroy and these guys are saying. So the matchup for Kentucky just, dude, do you? They're not used to going up against a pass-happy team like Mississippi State that throws the ball the way they did. And my goodness, 
Mississippi State's quarterback Will Rogers. was on was on fire. Will Rogers was on fire. I mean, he was as efficient as efficient efficient can be. He lit Kentucky up. So if you are Henry Hooker, if you are these group of wide receivers, you are Josh Heupel, you are licking your chops because Mississippi State gave you the blueprint. And I don't care that Mississippi State beat Kentucky. I don't think it really matters. Well, it would have been good if Kentucky would have won. It don't matter. Kentucky's weakness is their weakness. And they were exposed. They were exposed. And I'm sorry, five, six days is not enough time to fix the weaknesses of Kentucky because this is a team that that had the same weaknesses all season long. It was just Mississippi State, one of the few teams in this conference that can expose them the way that they can. Alabama can. Um, we saw Mississippi State do it. Now I think Tennessee is a football team that can do it too. Yes, and real quick on Mississippi State, Swain, I, I know you're not much on uh, the Mike Leach bandwagon per se. I don't, I don't know what to think of Mike Leach. One week, I, I just don't think he's going to make it in the SEC whatsoever. And, and then he turns around, and every now and then he has a performance like this. I, I just have no idea what to make of Mike Leach in the SEC. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. He's a coach that, just like you said, every once in a while he'll do what he did. He did that in his first season against LSU, and then he'll turn around and he'll lose to a team that's not as good as him. Now, one thing that stood out about this game uh, between Mississippi State and Kentucky is that he ran the football more. I mean, they, they were at their season average at like halftime. They didn't have 100 yards rushing, but they had you know right around 90. And they're last in the country at rushing yards. They're like at 40, 48, 46, something like that a game. So that's what you can expect with, with Mississippi State. And, and, like, that was a game where everything went right for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. That's a game that you just can't count on to happen every single week. Like, come on, man. Like, they have – Three or four interceptions, fumbles. Like, that doesn't happen every week where you win the turnover margin by that much. So, you got to take that into consideration. That's something that, that won't happen consistently. But Mike Leach will have those type of games. But to win in this conference, you got to do it week in and week out. And his formula is something that you just can't rely on week in and week out. You can't. Like, you just can't throw the ball that much abandon the run, and expect to win in this conference week in and week out. So Mike Leach, just like last year, man, he beat a ranked opponent, a team that was better than him, a team that was that was favored against him. So, no, I mean, I'm a, I like Mike Leach. I just don't think what he does means that he's going to be successful consistently in this conference. Yes, but I'm all for him giving Nick Saban a headache once, once a year, it's it's kind of like preparing for the triple option. He didn't do it this year or last year. No, but I mean it's only his second year in the SEC. Maybe he can reach a point like Dan Mullen did, to where he has his guys in there, and maybe uh, he's gotten Will Rogers to that point of where Will Rogers runs that air raid flawlessly. Will Rogers is one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. One of the better players in the SEC that nobody is talking about. He, he is very good, and I believe he comes back next year. So uh, Mike Leach in his third year, and, and Mississippi State's defense is, is pretty defense. Zach Arnett, good defense coordinator there for, for Mississippi State. I'll, I'll be curious to, to see what Mike Leach can do in year three, year four uh, there at Mississippi State because at Mississippi State, you have to build towards that third, fourth, fifth year when when you take over, especially after the Joe Moorhead debacle. Whereas I know Tennessee is a big re- rebuild. I'm not saying that. But there's a quicker path to success at a place like Tennessee. Like Theoretically, yeah. Hypel could have Tennessee competing for Atlanta in just year three. Whereas you're probably not doing that. At, at Mississippi State. It, it's easier to get players to, to Tennessee than, than it is Mississippi State. So I'll be curious to see what Mike Leach does once once he really gets his, his guys uh, in there. Are, are you glad? I, I know we kind of talked about this last week, and, and you don't really care, but I wonder if your, your feelings have changed any now that Kentucky has lost. Do, do you care whether Kentucky – 
won or lost because I, I and I, I said this last week, I, I would have had rathered Mississippi State lost and, and Kentucky had won because I, I don't want a team losing the week before they play my team because I feel like that just grabs their attention. I, I feel like Kentucky is is more likely to be more locked in and, and more focused this this week after a loss than it would be after a win. Because when when you win, winning masks a, a lot of deficiencies, and and you feel better about yourself than than you probably should. So you you may not put in that extra fifteen thirty minutes of of film on, on a Thursday or Friday, or, or, or do an extra set of reps on the, on the jugs machine after practice throughout the week. Um, but but when you lose, you, you're doing everything in, in your power to get it corrected. So I, I do take the stance, not that I think it's the end-all, be-all and, and will determine the game, but if I had my, my pick of the litter and I, I could have chosen an outcome, I, I would have picked Kentucky to – to win that game, Swain, just because I, I fall under the category of I think they'll be more focused going into this football game. The only reason I would say playing Kentucky after a win would be if you beat Kentucky, the win looks better because they're ranked higher. Right now they're 18th. That's the only reason because it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Every coaching staff is looking at the film and wanting, wanting to correct mistakes. So those mistakes are going to be corrected whether they won or lost, to be honest. And because Kentucky's playing Tennessee, doesn't matter if they won or lost, it's still one of Kentucky's biggest football games because it's Tennessee. And Tennessee's worst decade of football, Tennessee is still 7-3 and three against Kentucky. Kentucky hates Tennessee. So I don't think it really mattered whether or not Kentucky won or lost, because it's Tennessee. It's the team down south. It's a team that we hate. I don't think it really matters. You win the game if you're Kentucky. You still had all these turnovers. You still had all these mistakes. And you still got to go fix them and correct them. I don't think it's any different that you lost. Tennessee got a chance to get the blueprint in this football game whether you know whether if it was a close game and Kentucky squeaked out a win by one point or two points or whatever, you still learn a lot from Mississippi State and how they attacked Kentucky, how they gave Kentucky trouble. So other than just beating a team that's ranked higher, just make it look good for you, I just, I just don't think it matters if they won or lost to me. Um, like Georgia, hey, man, you want them to come in number one in the country, right? Because if you win, it looks great for you. If Georgia would have lost this weekend – you know, maybe Georgia's, you know, fifth or sixth or seventh or whatever, and it doesn't look as good. It looks great, but it doesn't look as great if they were number one in the country. That's how I look at it. But um, it's, it's Tennessee-Kentucky, man. It's a rivalry game. And Tennessee got the doors blown off last year. And Kentucky hates Tennessee. So, yo, yo this, this game is going to be – this game will be certainly different than last week's game, Mississippi State. And Kentucky. It's a night game for Kentucky. They'll be feeling it. I'm sure they'll come out with their black uniforms and chrome helmets or whatever they wear uh, and big night games. So expect the intensity to be at an all-time high. We will take our first break of the day here at Betty Chevrolet, Parkside Drive, 865-255-03. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, BFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. When I made the move to my own studio, I was worried about this. I was worried about that. I was worried about, hey, did I get this piece of equipment? Did I get that piece of equipment? Does that sound good? Does that not sound good? One thing I didn't have to worry about, that was office furniture, because office furniture outfitters met my furniture needs. With a 50,000-square-foot facility, they have East Tennessee's largest selection and are the best value for new and used office furniture. Located in Knoxville, it's easy to find everything you need for your new space, including desks, file cabinets, chairs, conference tables, and more. Office Furniture Outfitters is turnkey. They came to my place, we mapped everything out that was needed, they delivered, and get this... 
set everything up. To learn more about what Office Furniture Outfitters can do for you, log on to OFONOX.com. That's OFONOX.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Steven Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03. Hope you're having a great morning. It is time for Around the SEC. And, Ben, what do you have for us today? Ace and I want to let you know about <laughs> the quite interesting weekend of SEC football that we had. Swain, there were only four games 
But each each game had had quite the storyline. What is Florida going to do with Dan Mullen, Swain? Because Georgia beat the brakes off of Florida, thirty-four to seven. Yeah, that's that's a really good question, man. That's a really good question. I know we're gonna talk. I got Florida um, here for touchdown turnover, but that is a that is a really 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 good question. Watching that game, it just just to, to see twenty-one points going to board for Georgia, and you know a few seconds made Florida look like a Vanderbilt-led offense out there. I mean, Florida was hanging tough and then just self-inflicting um, penalties and mistakes put Florida in a bind. And um, another week where officiating is just is, is called differently in different games, For, Florida progress was not friendly to uh, Richardson, Florida's quarterback, where Georgia was able to come in and rip the ball out uh, and get a turnover. But uh, Georgia's offense kind of – Struggled, um, except for you know the the freebies given by Florida and great field position for for Georgia. But yeah, man, Florida is supposed to have the quarterback guru at, at head coach, the head coach that's always supposed to you know have guys prepared on offense, defense is a train wreck. So I don't know what Florida's going to do, but we'll talk about that here um, soon. Auburn upset Ooh. Ole Miss. 31-20, Matt Corral dealing with an ankle injury, did not look himself, just 21 of 37, did throw for 289 yards, but did not throw for a touchdown and threw one pick and only 45 rushing yards and a touchdown on 10 carries. So uh, Auburn and Bo Nix, who was 22 of 30 for 276 and a touchdown, no turnovers, Tank Bigsby ran all over Ole Miss, 23 carries for 140 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Derek Mason's defense getting after Ole Miss's offense. Uh, Ole Miss a little banged up, top three receivers out. Matt Corral banged up with an ankle injury, but but still a, a really nice win for Auburn swing. Excuse me, is Auburn the third best team in the SEC right now? In the entire SEC? In the entire SEC. Is Auburn the third best team right now uh, in the SEC? I would I would say so, but I don't I don't think that there's a, a bona fide third best team in the SEC if if that makes sense. I, I just I just think it's kind of a hodgepodge of a bunch of inconsistent football teams you you could make the case for Ole Miss you could make the case for Texas A&M you could obviously make the case for Auburn Mississippi State three and two in league play just like Ole Miss and, and A&M all of a sudden after State beats Kentucky and and Ole Miss falls to to Auburn that that egg bowl is going to be fun man uh so I I, I would say so but I think it'll it'll change week to week. I I don't think that there's going to be a consistently third best team in, in the SEC. I, I think it's just a, a a bunch of teams after Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, I mean that's the way it's been. That's the way it's been all season long. Uh, you have your top two in Alabama and Georgia. They are superior, and then you've had teams depending on the week and their performance jockeying for that third spot. I think right now Auburn behind the play of. Bo Nix, behind the maturity of Bo Nix, he is taking the next step of being a leader and, you know, dynamic quarterback in this league. I think right now, man, Auburn is the third best team in the SEC. Um, and just kudos to Brian Harson, man. I mean, these, these first-year coaches have certainly done a good job. Harson, Heupel, coaches with the last name H, starting with the H. <laughs> They've done a good job, man. Maybe maybe that's what it is, but um, – that was that was a dang good game, and this week you'll you'll hear a little announcement about uh, what else I got going on and what I joined, uh, what projects I joined, uh, a national national show, digital national show, and we we've been recording last week and and starting production and stuff last week, um, but on this national show we did picks, and I picked the Auburn. Uh, Ole Miss game, and I picked Auburn to win. 
I picked Auburn to win. I felt like that Matt Corral was getting beat up week to week to week. Yes, Ole Miss was winning, but I felt like Matt Corral was getting beat up. He got beat up against uh, against Tennessee, came back into the game, and they barely escaped. He was really hobbled and banged up going into the LSU game. And then this this week, um, sore, and then the ankle got him. I feel like I felt like at some point a defense was going to knock him out. Now it wasn't like he got knocked out of the game with a shoulder or concussion or anything, but I felt like a defense was going to get to him and force him to leave the game, and that was the case. Now he did come back. Um, I think it only adds to his Heisman um, run. I thought what he what he did was show grit, toughness and how valuable he really is to this Ole Miss football team. But uh, I felt like Auburn would win, and and they did. So uh, it was a good weekend, man. It was a really good weekend, like you mentioned, for for SEC football and for just college football altogether. Well, you know, go go ahead. I I do think Missouri and and Vanderbilt set the sport back about a decade after (laughs) Missouri beat Vanderbilt 37-28. to how did Vanderbilt score 28 points? Uh, Missouri's defense. <laughs> Missouri's de- defense. And, and I, I did not watch the game, but I was getting the score updates. I mean, that was a, a fairly close game for for much of that game. Uh, it was 13-11, to 11, <laughs> it looks like, at halftime. 13-11. to 11. How, how was that even possible? Um yeah, and Missouri scored scored late. Missouri was up 30-28 after a Vanderbilt touchdown, and then they scored a touchdown, Missouri did, to make it 37-28, and then Vanderbilt threw an interception to, to end the game. Vanderbilt's running back – no, no, no. Vanderbilt's quarterback, Mike Wright, had 152 rushing yards. Wow. Yeah, Missouri – Missouri, Missouri has really fell off. They're probably yet they're getting five star receivers over Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah, which I'm totally cool with. Good job, Missouri. Good job making that happen. But you look at Florida. You look at um, Missouri. I mean, those two teams probably fell off the worst. I mean, just just fell off the wagon. And I'm not saying like Alabama. You know, they, they're, they're a team that won the national championship last year, lost a lot of talent. Like, yeah, they dropped off a little bit, but they're still good. I mean, like, Missouri had some momentum at the end of the season last year, and many of us thought that they would be better than what they are this year, and my goodness, have they not disappointed us. I mean, they have they have looked terrible. We knew Vanderbilt was going to be terrible. But Florida, the way they have fallen off, you, you put them in the same category. South Carolina, we kind of knew they would be bad, but goodness gracious, didn't know they would be this bad. But Mizzou and Florida, whew, they have really, really fallen off. Um, anything else for around the SEC? No, sir. Man, outside the SEC, that Michigan-Michigan State game was 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 epic, quite frankly. It was epic. It was epic. Michigan State gets the win. And uh, talking to Greg McElroy yesterday on The Nation, he has Michigan State as his number two team in the country. Huh? That's Yep, yep, he does, he does. They're undefeated. They're undefeated. They got a big win over Michigan. And, um, no, you, you 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 can put Cincinnati number two, but Cincinnati, you know, beat, beat Notre Dame. That's their only win. Uh, Alabama has not beat anyone besides Ole Miss is, is kind of how he was looking at it. I dare you. They beat Tennessee. Sorry. Uh, but Michigan State, Greg man. I didn't they, admit that, though. Well, I mean, he was kind of he was he was kind of throwing his own school under the bus, you know. Alabama, I'm pretty sure Alabama fans will be unhappy with that, but he didn't have Alabama in his top four um, because he just felt like the other teams who were undefeated had better wins. Now, I think Alabama is one of the top four teams in the country, but that's just that was his take, and I I kind of understand it. But Michigan State made a statement, man. They made a statement over the weekend. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker Jr. or Kenneth Walker the third. The the Wake Forest transfer, Memphis that boy, him. that boy went crazy, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a Jabari Davis tweeted out that man, this guy was just a two star coming out of high school. Yeah, from Memphis. 
Memphis, 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 Memphis. He was a two star. Sure was. From Arlington, Tennessee, which is pretty much Memphis, just north of Memphis. He was the 143rd running back in the country, according to 247. Three star composite, 2,164th player in the country, the 57th player in the state of Tennessee, and 2008. 19 class. He committed to Wake Forest in December. Went to Wake Forest, did his thing, transferred to Michigan State, and look where he is now. I think he is the best running back right now in the country and should be the only running back in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Mm. The man had 190-something yards against Michigan and absolutely took over. The question is... Will Mel Tucker be at that Heisman ceremony Ooh. in Michigan State green or LSU colors? Ooh. Because I, I, I'll tell you this. If I'm LSU and I look at Tennessee hiring Josh Heupel, and look, I, I recognize that it is still very early. There, there were points under Pruitt and Butch where, where we thought the future was very bright with, with those two as well. So I recognize that it's early, but it seems as if Tennessee is going to be fine under under Josh Heupel. Same can be said for Brian Harson at Auburn. And go back in and look at the headlines and and the talk around those two hires because they weren't necessarily SEC guys. They they were outside the footprint. Oh, how are they going to fit in at Tennessee? How are they going to fit in at Auburn? Brian Harson oh, isn't an, an Auburn man. How's he going to fit in? And they they look to be really two good hires. So if I'm LSU, I'm kind of looking at that. And and although the, it, it may not be the the James Franklin type of hire, you know, or, or Jimbo Fisher, I I think that gives me more confidence that Mel Tucker would do perfectly fine at LSU. I, and I, I would be ecstatic if, if I'm an LSU fan and, and LSU hired Mel Tucker. I think he's really good. Well, Mel Tucker spent time at Georgia. Um, yes. He's also spent some time under Nick Saban. I want to say he was at Alabama, too. Um, so he, he's familiar with the SEC footprint. The thing, the thing about Mel Tucker is this will be his third job in four years, which would be a bad look on him. But, hey, you would understand if he left Michigan State for LSU – uh, if I'm if I'm Michigan State, I, I dumped the bag off um, on on Mel Tucker. I mean, and if it wasn't for Kirby Smart and what he's done this year, I think Mel Tucker and Kirby Smart are the two front runners for National Coach of the Year. Look at what Michigan State did last year. Uh, they played seven games last year. And they were two and five, last in uh, the Big Ten East. Right now, they are top five in the country and undefeated. What Mel Tucker has done. And he's killed it in the transfer portal. You know, mm-hmm. We know that he's gotten one player from from Tennessee in Kavar's Crouch who made a big time, you know, fourth down stop on a on a um, I guess a punter botch handle on the snap and the punter tried to run and, and Kavar's Crouch was there to stop it, but Crouch is a starter. He's been good for him. Uh, you know, Kenneth Walker Jr. is a Wake Forest transfer. They killed it in the transfer portal. Um they have a corner that's from Alabama. So they've, they've done a great job in the portal. So Mel Tucker has basically did what Heupel has done times 10 and um, has his team right now playing for a chance to, 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 to win the, the Big Ten. I mean, it's going to be between them and, and, and Ohio State coming up. So I uh, did see that game, and, man, that was, that was, that was big. But it's, it's going to be a coaching domino, man. I mean, you look at Lane Kiffin. It looks like he don't even want to coach the old Miss anymore by the how much he goes for it on fourth down. Just a boneheaded move um, there in the fourth quarter. They were down two scores. It was fourth down. Instead of kicking a field goal and playing defense, getting the ball back with a chance to win, he went for it on fourth down, didn't get it, and the game was over. Matt Corral is leaving this year more than likely. Is Lane Kiffin even going to want to be at at 
at Ole Miss. You look at Miami, Ben, and Miami gets a big-time win on the road at Pittsburgh. Manny Diaz looks like he was on his way out. What happens What happens there? Because if I'm Lane Kiffin, I want the Miami job. I think Miami job is is, is a better fit for him than, than LSU, honestly. Because um, he – he coached there, FAU, and then all he has to do is just win in, in a weak ACC, and he could be the Dabo of the ACC. The road is a is a lot easier for a championship at Miami if he wins than LSU. But to get there, Miami is harder because no one cares about college football in Miami. We and, barely can and, fill up the crowd. And expectations are are through the roof. They they don't care about college football. But their expectations are through the roof because of, because of the talent down there. So I mean, there there are some things that, that that Lane can work with there to be super successful. Um, but I just don't think Lane is. I don't think his heart and his head is in, in, in Oxford anymore, man. It doesn't look like it. Um, and we'll see how how much uh, it's there once Matt Corral leaves because that's his guy. That is his guy. So uh, there's some good games, man, over the weekend. Just some just some good. Games. It was good as a Tennessee fan to kind of sit back and not have your heart rate go up and down uh, throughout a football game, but just kind of sit back and watch everybody else play. And it was a good week. It, it was, was certainly a good week. It was. I I didn't get to watch as much football as I as I typically would like because I was watching Tennessee baseball and spending time with family and and watching the Grizz get embarrassed. But um, I I did I did watch some NFL football. I did in, in, uh, in, yeah. in, enjoy a, a bad Pittsburgh Steelers football team picking up a win. I, I just so proud of them for for all that they had to overcome, being such a horrific football team uh, to to get that win. And then obviously Carson Wentz just <laughs> woof, <laughs> what are you doing, Carson Wentz? <laughs> so nice to <laughs> to see the the Titans win. It, it was it was a good weekend. Braves, we'll, we'll talk about them here in a minute when mm. when we get the boy. But it, it was a good weekend. It was nice not to uh, to, to be stressed out because I, I I'll tell you one thing, I'll be stressed out come Saturday night. Hey, I'm pumped, man! I, I great opportunity for Tennessee to get a top twenty win. Come on, Kentucky, we could have had a top fifteen win if you take care of business. Now we got to call it a top twenty win. Do your job, Kentucky. You should have been. You should. You should. Have only one loss, and maybe you would have been ranked number 10. We could have had a top 10 win this weekend. But, no, we got called a top 20 win because you let Mike Leach run circles around you. God, Kentucky is so selfish. Hour two, Swain event. Be right back.